My name is Emma Martin, and this is the Lazy Keto Mum Podcast. If you are looking for help with keto and low carb, you have come to the right place. Hi, my name is Emma Martin. You might also know me as the Lazy Keto Mum, and I am here with a very special lady today. She is a published author. Her name is Carrie Coleman, and she is from the most beautiful part of Tassie. Well, we might have to argue that, but she's from the Huon Valley, which is um, like a foodie's paradise, I think, like farm to table stuff. So she's also a nutrition health coach. And I was interested to talk to her, particularly about her book. We were talking earlier before we started recording this and what she shared with me was some statistics. So we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, with particular interest to our youth, I suppose. So her book is called The Superpower Lunchbox. So welcome, Kerry. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Emma. I think it's, we're going to have fun. <laughs> I do too. It's exciting. I mean, you and I are, uh, you know, we're on pretty similar wavelengths and I was really excited to interview you because your knowledge, obviously coming from being an educator, you ha- you, you were very inspired to write a book, you know, The Superpowered Lunchbox. Tell us how long you've been interested in food and nutrition. Like where did that come from? I really loved learning about food and cooking at school. I used to cook with my nana before that, but at school, home ec and learning about the theory, I really found that so interesting and about deficiencies in vitamins and minerals and things, so poshy or core and all of the different things that people can get when they don't get, you know, a broad range of nutrients. That was really interesting and it's been kind of a, a lifelong interest really. I went vegetarian the first time when I was 13 and watched all mum's soybean sausages drop through the Greek grating on the barbecue. It was a bit of a disaster but these days there's lots of products that are really helpful if you want to eat a little bit differently, vegan or, or vegetarian. That was furthered later on in life when my husband was diagnosed with bowel cancer and he didn't want to have surgery for various reasons. So we really had to hone in and look at health and well-being in a very serious way because it was a crisis kind of situation. So we went and saw a very knowledgeable naturopath that was recommended to us up in Airlie Beach because we were actually sailing at that time. All of a sudden I found we couldn't eat any of the things that I was so used to. And it's kind of almost second nature now, but white flour, white sugar, yeah, all, all the foods that you might think of as convenience foods or junk foods. And we had to really come back to real food, just lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and so on. Now, sadly, he has passed away, but he outlived the doctor's predictions by 10 years by taking control of his life in that way and what he was eating and drinking and so on. So it it does make a difference. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and then you want me to keep going? Question about that. You mentioned white flour, white sugar. Like, Tell us what you took out of his diet and and why. Well, I used to bake all the time. My, My identity was really in being a good cook and I did like golden syrup dumplings and you know like the whole shebang I was always baking cakes and puddings and pies and jams and chutneys and the whole thing white flour converts to sugar really quickly in the body we have an enzyme in our saliva called amylase so virtually as we're chewing up white flour products our body's 
converting that to sugar ready to use it and also sugar of course they both feed cancers cancer cells love that sugar they love alcohol so you need to take those things out of the diet to have any kind of hope of slowing down the growth of cancers now I'm no expert so please don't don't make big decisions on what I've said please go and see an expert just saying but they're not good for us no, so you took out the refined stuff and you replaced yes. it, I heard you say, with real food. So what, are, yeah. what does that look like? For him, for a long time, it looked like vegetable juices, um, celery and, and carrot and beetroot and, yeah, some fruit juices, loads of fresh fruit because we were lucky enough to be in Early Beach and they had fantastic markets with giant pomelos and, and chocolate sapotis and all, all the lovely tropical fruit. So it did look a lot like that and I would go to the supermarket and cry, really, because <laughs> I was just like, I can't do anything I used to do. Who am I now? I just didn't know what to do it's it's really hard to make changes that big and and of course it was important to do it so I wanted to show someone some chemicals in in foods the other day I'm going through my cupboard going there must be something here with a number on it but it's so natural for me now to buy whole foods rolled oats good quality rolled oats plain like not not done in muesli you start with the raw thing and create your own from that using fresh nuts and fresh seeds and rather than buying something pre-packaged that nearly always has sugar tied in with it and I agree with you I think I mean often carbs are kind of demonized but if they're the right kind of carbs then and our body knows how to treat them then we're already getting all the nutrients that got stripped out with the processed flowers that we've been having. And, you know, you touched on uh, our body turning flowers into sugar. It is. It's literally one division away and treated the same as sugar in our bodies, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas you're yeah. talking about real whole foods. You were also talking a little bit about low carb and, and that the fact that you put in a bit of intermittent fasting. What did that mean for you and your husband? That came later in my life. For me, I, I had some health issues. I had eczema, constant headaches. They've been, you know, they were a big part of my life. So I kind of learned that the symptoms I was having, anxiety and so on, were associated with a high level of inflammation in the body. And it, that probably relates back to cancer if I want to dig deeper, but just, just talking about my own experience. I'd always struggled with weight loss, with trying to keep weight off. And anyway, here I am, six, I was 62, I think, and I discovered um, Eat Like a Bear, which is a way of eating, and it, and it is intermittent fasting. It's eating within a one-hour window each day. That's that's kind of the main part of it. So I... um. I got into that for a while and it was great for me. I used to have a pain in one toe and it went after four days of doing this. I'm like, what the hell? That's crazy, you know, four days, seriously. So to bring that fasting in, intermittent fasting in, your body cleans up really quickly. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. It really is incredible how quickly you can turn it around, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, yeah, yeah, you get results really quickly and then that's really encouraging. It's like, oh, my God, what have I been doing all this time to myself, walking around with aches and pains and my skin cleaned up? You can see that skin's good and I don't get headaches very often now. It's a rare thing. It seems to be tied in with 
barometric pressure so I can tell you when there's a storm coming because I get a headache. Oh, well, you're it. a handy person to have around then. <laughs> okay, I was talking to one of my coaching customers this morning and we were trying to work out what was happening with her blood sugar because she could feel her blood sugar after being, you know, fairly low carb for a while. You know, when you eat some bread or something that's not good, you, you're sort of like, you have this massive insulin response, which sort of turns into this <gasps> kind of feeling. Well, it was the sugar in the peanut butter and you were talking uh, about labels. I'm like, yeah, they hide sugar in the craziest places. I wanted to ask you, like, what actually did you see? You were an educator. What did you see in lunchboxes that inspired you to write your book, The Superpower Lunchbox? So I'd had the experience of doing the health coaching training and I learned a bit about nutrition and had my own experience with that and how it made me feel. And I started to notice the kids are not feeling good what's going on you know they're weepy their energy's up and down like a roller coaster they couldn't sit still they're poking their friends and so on so uh, and then I started to look at what was in their lunch boxes there were loads of packet foods and in fact in, in those figures you were talking about earlier it says most Australian children have at least two and sometimes four packaged processed packaged foods in their lunch box and that's sometimes food I think we sometimes go to the zoo like once a year. <laughs> I know that's a bit extreme and, and nobody's expecting people to only have those things once a year, but it does not mean every day and it does not mean multiples of them every day. And unfortunately, companies marketing them do such an amazing job and they convince us that they're good food. So, you know, it's impacting on children's ability to manage their behaviours, to stay focused enough to learn by linking new knowledge to old knowledge. And if our brains are not really sort of alert and working well, those links are not made. And it's really hard for the children to build new knowledge, to integrate that into what they already know. So they're not progressing as well as they could be. So yeah, I was seeing lots of processed foods, very rarely see vegetables in lunch boxes. And for another figure, just out of interest, 94% of Australian children don't eat enough vegetables for good health. Only 6% are eating enough. So for anybody watching or listening, feed your kids more vegetables. You'll be doing a really good job. And of course, the trick is to find ways to, to do that without making it painful for anyone. And there are ways to do that. So that's really good. But, yeah, that's what I was saying. You see fruit and and because the fruit in itself is good, it's got lots of nutrients and so on, but if you've got three or four packets of processed food that already has sugar and other additives and preservatives in it and then you add sugar on top, which is another load of fructose, so which the body's it's adding to the sugar load in the body, it just adds to that roller coaster of the sugar even more. It's an interesting situation. So fruit is good, but more vegetables and whole grains. So we'd see white bread Nutella sandwiches and Nutella's like 50% sugar, I think. And the white bread, of course, equates to, I don't know, is it two teaspoons a slice or three teaspoons a slice they allow for it or something like that. Yeah, poor children. They just, you know, I don't blame the kids. I see the behaviours and it was really quite difficult, but the children can't help it. So yeah. I'm not going to blame the children for it. Mm. I think as um, as an adult, the maximum our body is designed to handle in sugar is actually four teaspoons. 
World Health Organization, I think, says six for adults, four to five maybe with a very active young person, sort of upper primary level, if you say four teaspoons a day. And some of the little popper drinks have six or eight teaspoons of sugar in them. And Gatorade, which is a big hit apparently out there, that has nine teaspoons of sugar and a flavoured milk can have 13. And most of us wouldn't have just one of those things in a day. If we're having processed foods, there's going to be processed cereal in the morning, maybe with some sugar sprinkled on top. And I've even heard of people using flavoured milk on that in the morning for breakfast. And it's really it's insidious. We don't. We just don't realise until you actually switch onto it and start looking. It's crazy. The more you look, the worse it gets. Yeah, mm. it's a little bit a bit confronting, really. How much sugar yeah. is in sort of hidden in our foods? I mean, that's like you say, that's not even the stuff that's right in our faces. Kids are getting type two diabetes, which is unusual. It used to be an adult onset disease, and it's showing up in younger and younger children. So so. on that note, would you share those statistics that you shared with me before when we were just chatting? Sure. So we've got 24.9%, which is so close to 25%, or one in four of our children aged 5 to 17 are overweight or obese now. 46% of young adults aged 18 to 24 are now obese or overweight or obese. So, and it does say there's many school lunch boxes contain as much sugar as is recommended for the entire day. And I mean, those statistics are just scary, aren't they? Yeah, there are stats also around um, the numbers of children that have ADHD and many other things. 10 to 16% of students struggle with learning. That's a lot. Think about the impact on the teachers. I mean, I'm sure you already have. Hawk inspiration came from. You mentioned being a super sleuth shopper. (laughs) And I think, you know, this sort of leads perfectly into that. So tell us what that means and how parents can sort of use that to maybe not only help teachers, but to help their family and their children's health. It's a triangle, isn't it? You know, you've got the students, the parents and the teachers, and they all are being adversely affected in one way or another by these ways of eating. Yes, I was a teacher. I walked away at the end of 2019 because I'm really hoping that this is something that people will read and learn from and, you know, start making better choices and, and can I talk about the root cause while, while I'm Let's on, do it. on the book thing because yep. I was thinking I'm going to have to write programs and I'm going to have to do all this stuff and then I discovered there's a business that's already out there or a movement, I'd call them more than a, a business, an organisation that have already written some fabulous programs for taking into schools and I'm actually training now with them to become Tasmania's first certified instructor so I will be going back into schools but not in my teaching role at but as a presenter giving children skills to choose better for their bodies now for understanding they have one body for life for understanding that they taste with their tongue not their eyes giving them the skill to read labels themselves and and help them to make decisions around which would be a better choice for them so Tell us a little bit about about those choices. Like how does somebody make a good choice by reading a label? Okay. 
You can count the number of ingredients in product. You count the commas and the full stop. In the Well, first you find the ingredients that list, which is usually underneath or beside the nutritional panel on the back of the packet. The front will tell you it's terrific. It's got all the good stuff happening on the front of the packet. You've got to turn it over and find that nutritional panel. Find the ingredients list and count. Now, some of the products have immense numbers of ingredients. It's quite scary. I've been shocked, I have to say. But if it's got more than six ingredients, it's time to think about putting it back on the shelf and looking for a different one. After that, you can look at where sugar comes in the ingredients list. And if it's within the first three to five ingredients, then it's got a pretty heavy sugar load and it's worth thinking about putting that one back. After that, you look at the numbers, the words you can't understand, the long chemical names. There's an app called Chemical Maze that you can buy for about $11. I've put it on my phone so I can check things. You just put in the number, tells you where it's derived from and what symptoms it can induce. You can also put in headaches and it'll give you a list of things that might be contributing to a headache. So that's really really good. So being a super sleuth shopper, bringing it back to where you started, sorry, I drifted a bit there. Yeah, it's really asking what's in the food and having a look and and making careful decisions around what to buy and not being swayed by what's on the front of the packet. Apart from that, there's buying local, (laughs) buying fresh foods, whole foods, and it's more economical generally, but it's better for the planet. What is more in tune with what's in season locally. So all of those things. And and I reckon there's probably room for groups of parents or friends to get together and buy in bulk a bit and share, which can be a savvy way to shop as well. They're mm. amazing tips. I love the one about <laughs> you can't trust the front. How It's so true because, you know, you've got these health heart ticks and, oh, so good for you and low in sugar. And you turn it around and you're like, yeah, but what kind of sugar are you low in? Yeah, you know, like one sugar. What about the other six? Yeah, and then there's 25% less fat. Less than what? Less than, you know, like it's so vague and and they put these things on and unless we know how to dig deep and say what does that actually mean, got to have the idea to ask the question in the first place. You don't always know what questions to ask. And, I mean, I used to just buy this stuff without thinking about it need to look deeper, see what they're, what's in there. Yeah, I think that's a really good place um, to maybe ask you then, what would the first step for parents be then if they're wanting to improve what's in their kids' lunchboxes and therefore their behaviour and their focus? And yeah. um, what, what would be the first thing they would look at? Well, if they're putting processed foods in, packet foods in, if there's three in there today tomorrow take one out leave it at home and put some carrot sticks in or an apple or something that takes longer to eat and longer to digest this is another big problem with the processed foods is they give us a a hit of sugar high energy and then we crash and then we want more and we go up and down where if you eat proper real food from nature then it keeps them more steady 
flow of energy and it takes longer. You're satisfied for longer. The others leave you hungry because their object is to sell you as many of these things as they can. Yeah, they're not filling or satisfying in the long term. Where hard-boiled eggs, for example, keep you satisfied for quite a long time. They take a while to digest. Mm. The fresh real food. So um, you showed me an example before we started chatting. Tell us a little bit about that. We've got carrots, there's some trail mix here, tomatoes, blueberries, maybe there's some cheese in there, there's a little apple, plums or something like that, more little tomatoes. And I think a homemade cookie, you can see there's seeds and currants or something in there whole grain crackers of some sort homemade is good there's another one here that shows more egg and cheese some kiwi fruit and grapes blueberries apricot some olives for the kids that like a little tang in their lunch carrots and cucumber baby cucumbers and tomatoes and then a wrap cut into four like little sushis with some ham or corned beef, maybe some sun-dried tomatoes and some lettuce in there. Going to those whole foods, the children stay satisfied and stable for longer. And it might seem like because all their mates are having the the packet stuff, it can be a bit of a a cultural thing in the school and, and they can feel really awkward and strange if they have a lunchbox like this full of whole foods. So I don't want to say never have those, but minimise them. Mm. So put more whole foods in. Yeah, yeah, so, or some healthy fats that actually make their all their hormones work. Yeah, your eggs and avocado, and yeah, 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 mm-hmm. or bits of yeah. cheese, or yes. yeah. Well, it's funny when you were sh- when you were talking through and and showing those examples of the food. I was thinking this is what adults need to be taking to work as well. You know, oh. instead of buying pies from the canteen, or yeah. you know, they'd lose weight. Their brains would work better. Their days will be so much more productive and they'd probably find they don't yell at their kids as much when they get home. Their yeah. kids are going to be calmer too. So, you know, can I just say there's a strange thing that I've noticed by eating cleaner and my mouth just feels better. My teeth feel better and my mouth feels better and I didn't realise that it actually felt yuck all the time but it did before and, it, you know, it's made a real difference. So there you oh. go. And, you know, even you're talking like your teeth and your mouth, you're talking about that, but even like my my see, my seeing, my, my eyesight <laughs> is better, my hair is better, yeah. like every, my skin's clear. I'm looking at your skin. It looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so kind. <laughs> so um, this has been really enlightening. Thank you so much for all the tips. Where can people get your book? They can get it via my website, which is www.kerrycoleman.com.au. If they have a look on there, they'll find my email address. And if they email me by the end of February, shall we say, and put Emma in in the subject line, $25 including postage. That's a bargain. (laughs) It is a bargain, yes. And what I like most about what I've heard today is the fact that it's applicable through a whole family. Like you're talking about lunchboxes for kids, but this is about feeding people better, clean, real food, like food that's food, not food that's designed to live on a shelf for 100 years. Yeah, and that has rubbish packaging that takes another 100 years to break down. Food from nature 
goes in the compost, the packaging, or we eat it. We eat the beautiful, shiny red packaging of an apple. It's perfect for eating. Say with the book too, it's not just about food. There's loads of great tips in there for parents, especially parents of younger children or expectant parents. Not just about food, but food is a big part of it. Yeah. Oh, obviously I'm passionate about food so that's <laughs> sorry that's where my focus that's all right went. no that's awesome. awesome I love the trajectory that you're on I love what you're sharing and I think that people just need to like if we can go back you know you, I talk about keto but keto is just good clean food minimal sugar minimal yeah. processed carbs that's right so now my mango tree's in season and I'm eating mangoes yeah. with my Greek yogurt which is, you know, it's processed, but there's, what, four ingredients or three ingredients. So, you know, I know that's clean. I know it's good for me. It's seasonal. It comes yeah. off my tree in the backyard, and you're right. That's how we were supposed to eat. Yeah, that's exactly right. So me in southern Tasmania, it's probably not fabulous to eat too many mangoes, but I have treated myself to one or two, and I say, well, it is in season in Queensland. Uh, so and you right. <laughs> Like it's real fresh food and that's yeah. that's how it's supposed to be and that's that's the way yeah. I think you guys can make the biggest impact. So you guys need to um, please grab a copy of Kerry's book, www.kerrycoleman.com.au and you can get her book there and you can also follow her on Facebook under the same name. Kerry, thank you so very much for your insights, your tips and your time today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, dear Emma. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>